0: You are listening to the Next Wave Radio Network.
1: My calculations are correct, When this baby hits eighty-eight miles per hour. You're gonna see some serious shit. So I'm excited. I never knew you were a board game fanatic. I am. I really am. I, I love board games. It's like my favorite board game is Munchkin, and I know. We're trying to do something where we can incorporate board games into the show.
0: How come in college we didn't have more booze and board game nights? Uh,
1: Because I I, I don't know. Because I just assumed I was the only one. This is My Comic Life on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Jeff. And I'm Sam. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You. I told you I wanted to try something new with the intro for the show. And you, you just start laughing at me. You amuse me. <laughs> well, your face amuses me. We want to thank you for tuning into this week's episode um. All right, Sam, let's just jump right into this. Uh, you know, first off, we used to talk about Clash of Clans a lot on this show, and then we kind of stopped talking about it. And first off, I want to say, uh, if anyone plays, uh, my clan is currently recruiting new members. Is... uh. Just look us up on, on. I'm really. I don't want to say the name of my clan because my friends made it up. But uh, if, if if you're playing uh, Clash of Clans and you're looking for a clan to join, uh, you can join my clan. Uh, our clan is called No Bitch in my or no yeah No Bitch in my blood. Uh, all mashed together. Just take the eye out of bitch and uh, <laughs> and you're good to go. Uh, just tell them Jeff from My Comic Life sent us and they will accept you into the clan. Wow. My friends came up with the title. We were drunk, like last, like two weeks ago, when we were in Galveston. Is like when we started it. We just got drunk. We're like, we're gonna leave our clan and start our own, and we just came up with that name for Suddenly
0: it. Suddenly, my clan name doesn't suck anymore. All
1: right, well, you you should join our clan.
0: <clears throat> Why should I leave Darth Revan to join? Uh, no bitch in my blood.
1: Uh, because we don't fuck around, and there's no bitch in our blood. So you know we straight gangster rolling. Just saying. You're white. I know. Stop. So, it's not, it's, it's not, it's more than. I was trying to figure out how to incorporate skin deep somewhere in there and I just (laughs) fucked it up. Uh, But also, is, uh, I saw this new game in the App Store on uh, my tablet. Uh, It's uh, Star Wars Commander and it is exactly like Clash of Clans, but you are in the Star Wars universe. You're on Tatooine and you can either join the uh, Rebels or the Empire, and it's exactly the same game function as Clash of Clans. It's actually kind of fun. I mean, if you enjoy Clash of Clans, you I think you might enjoy this. It just released. It's only on iOS devices right now. They still have a lot of kinks to work out but uh, so far like it's,
0: copyright it, law
1: yeah dude like like my whole thing is like my, if if you if you're in the clash of clans and really like star wars you might want to play it now because chances are it's going to get shut down because i mean holy shit it is just it's exactly like clans like you go to upgrade a building and it takes you like 30 45 minutes and you get gold and like i think they call it like iron or something and it's just, it's just exactly like Clans, but Star Wars theme. And you actually have, like, Star Wars vehicles, which is kind of fun. So uh, just throwing that out there for all you Star Wars fans. For you Firefly fans, uh, you might have heard last year they announced that they are working on a Firefly video game. Uh, it's going to be an online uh, game. It's called Firefly Online. And this is like a... Um, it's it's a social i don't want to say social media is uh, fox uh, digital entertainment described it as multi-user social multi-user social online role-playing game and uh,
0: jewel stady is going to the engineer from firefly yes, she, she
1: is voicing herself in the game which is so God, like i'm just looking at the article and they have a picture of her from firefly she's just mm, she's
0: was, was that the one that you had a crush on out of out of all those crew oh, members? Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah, didn't you?
0: <clears throat> Mine was a kind of a tie between a and Summer Glow. Really?
1: Yeah. Summer? Really?
0: I find Summer Glow to be very attractive.
1: Uh, I mean, to each their <clears throat> own. I mean, I'm like not gonna. I mean, okay, but like, I just I sh- Kaylee. Oh she is hot as shit in my eyes. And oh
0: no, Kaylee. Kaylee was cute, definitely cute.
1: I mean, she was. She had to, like this innocence about her, and then like when the, when it would come up and she would talk about her sexuality, she was so comfortable and so aggressive with it, and like that just like makes her even hotter in my book, you know. But that's just me. Now the one thing that's confusing me is it sounds like in this Firefly online game, you are not playing as the crew of uh, of the Firefly of the Firefly or Serenity Serenity, yeah. Is you are manning your own ship and you have to recruit your own crew, and then you go up against other online players. And all I can really tell is it's taking place in the Firefly universe, but I'm still having a hard time uh, figuring out how it's how you're relating back to the actual Firefly crew.
0: Well, can I can my ship be a Firefly class ship?
1: I'm I'm guessing. I I, I don't know. Is you know is uh. I started reading the article, and then I just started staring at her picture. That made me sound really creepy, and I regret saying that now. Yeah.
0: Thanks um, for creeping on good old Kaylee there.
1: <sighs> Kaylee Fry. She's so cool. She's, oh, yeah. I, I think I think she'd dig it. <laughs> I think she would. Uh, so anyway, so for you uh, Firefly fans out there, you have that to look forward to. Uh one last thing on that before we move on, they did delay the game. I think it was supposed to come out this December, and they have now delayed it to a spring, 2015 release. And oh, I'm sorry, it's coming out for iOS and um, PC, and then later on on Android. Android always gets you know the the later releases. Like for instance, that uh, the Star Wars Commander game I was just talking about is that's only on iOS, and uh, it's coming out later for Android. I wonder. I guess Apple Apple must have, like, some sort of agreement with people to where they're like, you know, you release it with us first and then move on to the uh, next, I guess, platforms or uh, uh, OS uh, devices. All right, Sam, uh, I know you and I watched this show growing up a lot as a kid.
0: And as this show covers pop culture and not just sci-fi and comics. That's
1: right, that's right. Is uh, Now, first of all, I... I lifetime cha- the Lifetime Channel. I grew up calling it the sexist channel. Yeah, we're gonna get into Doctor Who later, Sam. All right, just just stop. Sorry, I was I was so excited about Doctor Who, man. Right, right, right. Well, we're, we're gonna a little teaser. We're gonna get into that later on the show.
0: Oh, you uh, called it the sexist woman channel?
1: Well no, well, no, not the sexist woman. Just the sexist channel. Because when I learned what sexism was, my mom and my sister were always watching these made-for-TV movies on Lifetime Channel and i i i developed I, or i didn't develop you and I, I called it two different things i noticed that like like i would sit down and like i would watch these movies these made for tv movies with my mom and sister on lifetime and i noticed like you know the the the, the dudes always the bad guy like i understand this yeah, is this is tv to- for for women but like this is bullshit. Like you're going out of your way to make the men the bad guy. So I, I used call- to
0: call Lifetime either my soccer coats touched me or I got cancer. <laughs> <laughs> those, were, those were my two names for Lifetime when I was
1: when I was in high school. <laughs> shit. Oh that is yeah, that is funny. But like I, I totally get what you're saying. But uh, Lifetime is actually doing a, sh- uh, a TV movie that I I of want to see. I kind of want to watch. So a couple years ago, uh, Dustin Diamond, a.k.a. Screech, wrote a book called The Unauthorized Saved by the uh, – un- wait, was it – no, that's the name <laughs> of the show. Um, what was his book uh, was called?
0: It the Unauthorized Autobiography of Saved by the Bell.
1: Yeah, we'll call it that. Is so, anyways. Is Dustin Diamond, A.K.A. Screech, wrote a book about his time on the set of Saved by the Bell, and now Lifetime is turning his book into a movie, and there is kind of a shitstorm uh, being being caused by this. Is um, Brecken Meyer? Are you gonna go down that road yet, Brecken Meyer uh, from Franklin and Bash? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly where I was headed. Is so. I forget the actor's name. I just know him as Zach Morris. Uh, Mark something or another. Uh, and him and his co star from uh, Mark
0: Paul Gossler, there it is, and Meyer now on a TV show on TNT about two lawyers called Franklin and Bash. Right, huge fan,
1: right? They did an interview on Huffington Post Live, and
0: I'll post a link to that interview on our Facebook page after All we're right. done.
1: And in, in that interview, they talk about the upcoming Lifetime movie. And z- Brecken Meyer totally right, right. calls so, out Screech. Right. So, so Mark is like, you know, the the person doing the interview is asking Mark about his time, and he's like. Well, you know, I really It was a
0: lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I don't have like a whole lot of memories of right, that, now, now stop. Well, no, no, no. He says, he says, I don't remember it being that way. He goes, he goes, I have nothing but positive memories. Right. But he
1: also says, like, I don't remember a lot from that time. And here's what and when you say that is, is like, dude, I'm sorry, but like you can do whatever TNT show you want to do. You're always Zach Morris. Sorry, man. Save by the Bell was just way too big. So the fact that you're sitting there and saying, like, I don't remember, bullshit. The only way you don't remember is because you were on a lot of drugs or something really bad happened to you and you've suppressed the shit out of well, it. Well,
0: according to this Dustin Diamond unauthorized biography, there's just a whole lot of sex and drinking going on right. behind the scenes. I mean, it's like Kelly and Zach would hook up and then Zach would get bored with Kelly and move on to Jesse and Jesse would hook up with Slater or Kelly would hook up with Slater. There were, according to Dustin Diamond, he was the only one not getting any action on the show, but there were threesomes going on. Wow. You know, yeah, I mean it, So you could have Kelly J- Jesse and Zach, or Kelly Slater and Jesse or Lisa and Kelly and
1: Or the Devil's Threesome and Kelly and Zach and Slater, you know. Um but so yeah, you so go go along with what you were saying with uh with what uh Breckenmeyer Breckenmeyer was saying. And so in this interview, Breckenmeyer, like you said, just calls out screech and was I mean,
0: like literally almost calls him like a bitch.
1: Well, he pretty well, I thought he called him a dick. Like yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he called him a dick. And he first of all is he says, you know, is Breckenmeyer's like yeah, you uh I heard Mark uh uh what's his last name? Mark
0: Paul Gossler.
1: So uh Breckenmeyer and says like him and Gossler had talked have talked a lot about being on the set uh because they were both child actors and so have shared a lot of stories. Yeah,
0: Breckenmeyer from Clueless, of course. Right.
1: And so you know, so he was saying like that they had talked and there were no bad, there's no, there's no bad blood between anyone from the set, and that uh, Dustin Diamond's uh, book is full of shit. And then he goes on to attack him. You know, uh, he
0: even attacks his manhood at one well, point. Right,
1: because if you remember, uh, I, it was when you and I were in college, so somewhere between 2004 and 2009, let's call it 2007, somewhere around there. You know, Dustin Diamond was trying to make it as a comedian, and then he was—he uh, was on
0: that VH1 re- Celebrity Fit Camp,
1: right? And he had also done Fox's Celebrity Boxing, where he fought—I um, forget—someone from uh, Welcome Back uh, Carter, uh, the Screech version from that show, Mister Carter, right? And so, so during that time, he was trying to make it as a comedian. It wasn't really working out, and he was doing these uh, celebrity reality shows. And then, you know, this was also around the same time as the Kim Kardashian porn tape, and all these celebrities have these porn tapes accidentally releasing. So
0: Dustin Diamond released a sex tape.
1: Right. And then, and in this interview, uh, what's his name? Breckenmeier. Breckenmeier calls out Diamond and was like, that is not Screech. That is an imposter. (laughs) There is no way Screech is packing that in his pants. And I, and like, I have not seen the sex tape. Um, so I can't speak if it actually is him or not, or if it looks like him. I haven't seen it, but here's what I do think: is I think if if he's if in if in his book, if it's true that everyone was back there doing drugs and you know and doing uh, and having like crazy sex, if you were packing that because like you got when he was playing Screech, like he was 17, like he he was older than the other guys, uh, he just looked younger, so. If you were packing that, that log in your pants, I have a hard time believing that you're being around fucking a young uh, uh, Kelly. Tiffany Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Right. I wasn't even going to attempt to say her last name. I have a hard time believing that, like, you don't get, like, fucked up one night and then just, like, whip it out and just be like, all right, everyone's having sex. Like, you know, like, look at what you could be having. You know, is. I'm sorry.
0: I think maybe he was. Just as ever the asshole as he was on the set, as he as he is you know, or as he appears to be on reality shows, and yeah. maybe nobody wanted anything to, to, to do with I th- him, you I know. Th-
1: I think that sounds like the most realistic or that, or thing. Or he
0: played the pity card too hard. Of I'm just the outcast nerd that nobody wants, and yeah. people are like, well, listen, we've tried being friends with you. Of course, we're not going to let you all the way into the inside circle. Be glad right that we're friends with you, you know, but don't. Right. Or maybe he tried to copy the other people too much.
1: I don't know, man, but I just... <sighs> I don't know. To me, he seems...
0: I kind of agree with Breckenmeyer. He seems like he's kind of a bitch, and he's whining a lot, and he's looking yeah, like a
1: buck. I, I can definitely see that, too. Is
0: Actually, I think he had a Yelp or uh, a Kickstarter going to save his house because he was right, that right, bankrupt and right,
1: broke. Right, right. That is how broke he was. Is Sorry, that, not a Yelp, but what am I saying? Uh, Kickstarter. Well, but I think it was before like Kickstarter was big. Like He was doing this thing of... Um, of, uh, like, raising money for, um, uh, like, selling T-shirts and shit. Yeah, but,
0: I mean, how sad is that that you have to – I mean, that's that's essentially what? being being the guy on the on the street corner asking for money, but you did it online.
1: Right, right. I, I agree with you on that. And also, you know, it kind of shows that, like, dude, you just kind of, like, blew all your fucking money, uh, so – um Kind of sucks for you. If you want to watch uh, the uh, Save by the Bell, Bell movie, yeah, the unauthorized Save by the Bell movie on this Lifetime. Weekend. It's uh, September first. So and uh, I guess check your local listings. Do I? That I zone. might
0: tune in just for the heck of it. If I had
1: cable, I would. It's like I still have like another month, and then my apartment complex is forcing me to get cable. So, you know, I will. I. I I, I will not be watching it uh but I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind checking it out. I, I really wouldn't mind checking it out. Speaking of shows from our past Sam, you, you remember you remember this little ditty? I'm just a
0: bill. Yes, I'm only a Yeah, and bill. yeah good, and I remember what that we watched this in reruns because it was even before our time. That is
1: true. That is true. Is I should not be claiming it as ours. God, listen to that mono. Oh, rock and roll. All right, so Schoolhouse Rock, which, like Sam said, is a show that we grew up watching. They used to
0: show it to us in
1: school. Right, because like it was a great... Talking
0: about government and
1: vocabulary? Right, conjunction, function. Conjunction, junction, junction, what's your function? It doesn't help you with speech impediments, all right?
0: (laughs) And yes, the bill on Capitol Hill talking about how you get a bill through the house and...
1: Right, so anyways... AMC is now planning to celebrate the show in a uh, made for TV documentary going behind the scenes and talking about the show and I think that's really great like I what what I'm really hoping for is I'm really hoping that this is essentially a jumping off point to a, a reboot of the series you know because you you look and uh, uh, Reading Rainbow is making a comeback and i hope that they try to do something like that with schoolhouse rock or maybe do what reading rainbow did before it started coming back as a show and that is you know uh, do a, an interactive app that you can get on your tablet or smartphone i just think it's really cool that they're coming back and revisiting this and going back and seeing the impact that it had because it really it really had an impact on on us growing up and you know and listening to uh, the there's something about like when you're when you're doing education, educational shit, and then you add a, like a it to a song, is it makes you retain it so much more because it's catchy. Yeah, we,
0: we, I mean, show prep. You and I were like, conjunction, junction. What's your function? Wow, well, this is why I don't sing. Yeah, it's but a, it's, oh it's wow, yeah, we were we were we were singing along to that, and I'm just a bill sitting on Capitol Hill, and we were humming the tunes back and forth. I and know it I actually know. sticks with you.
1: It really does, and I think there needs to be another program like that because. You know, like, I've seen some of the shows that my nephews watch, like uh, Yo Gabba Gabba and I can't remember any of the other ones because Yo Gabba Gabba is the one that sticks out in my head. And, like, you know, they incorporate music and all that. But I just I don't think it's as like as educational is like I think I think, you know, they also are. Well, they're trying to educate, but also focusing on entertainment. Schoolhouse Rock had a great blend of the two. Uh, you're learning something, and then you are also um, you're also entertained by it. And I think I think they, they blended that perfectly. And I hope I hope this is just you know they'll get a really positive reaction from the um, from the documentary that's coming out on oh shit I just closed the article uh, on AMC no no ABC.
0: ABC, yes, well of course, because ABC was the first company to air those.
1: Yes, and if you if you would just vamp <laughs> for like two seconds, never mind, screw you. I'm just a is uh, th- sitting <laughs> on
0: Capitol
1: Hill. This uh, this documentary for Schoolhouse Rock is airing Sunday, September seventh, uh, six Central, seven p.m. And I'm hoping New York that time. they'll ratify me. <laughs> All right, Sam. No more singing. We, and let's move on to like a much darker subject. This I'm not even gonna try to do a, a segue.
0: <laughs> you walk down the right back alley in Schoolhouse Rocks, <laughs> and you're gonna find yourself in Sin, Sin City. City.
1: <laughs> uh, so Sin City Two was released uh, last week.
0: I'm so sad.
1: And like it it's flopped. not doing good.
0: It, is, it didn't even uh, crack the top 5.
1: No, in fact it came in at number 8 for the weekend with only making 6.5 million.
0: Where were you people who loved the first movie?
1: Uh they grew up. They're 10 years older. They're, you know.
0: The only reason I didn't go see it is cuz I'm flat fucking broke right now.
1: Yeah, well
0: I, I literally could not afford so, to go see a movie this weekend.
1: But Sam You've been broke before and you found way to make to get money to go see movies. I know you. You oh, no, just no, no. didn't try no, hard. No, enough. no, no, no.
0: There's broke and then there's flat fucking broke and I am flat fucking broke <laughs> until I get my paycheck from my new job.
1: All right. So, so here's the Guardians
0: th- topped. I mean Guardians yeah, Gar- came back from like third place and got vaulted back in first. I was first. so
1: happy to see Guardians beat the new uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Movie. Guardians
0: now holds for the biggest summer blockbuster.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So to give you a little idea, is this weekend Sin City 2 made 6.5 million? The first Sin City in its opening weekend made 29.1 million. Now, given that was back in 2005, and inflation rates have changed, but still, it gives it it just shows you like, you know, a vast contrast well, also, of, of how many hate people.
0: to see an all star cast of like Josh Brolin, JGL, What's Joseph Gordon Levitt. What's
1: up? Mickey Rourke, Bruce Bruce Willis, Willis,
0: Jessica uh, Alba, all that just go to
1: waste. But I think what really fucked them over was the 10-year gap between the two movies. You know, is 2005, and now we're here... So, nine years. Nine years of... Well, I mean, they were... It's been in production for over 10, but release from release is nine years. I think that's just too long. You know, especially now since... Every every other fucking week, there's a new comic book movie coming out. In 2005, it wasn't like that. It's like comic book movies were starting to gain the popularity, and Sin City I think definitely helped that. But they weren't, you know, being released left and right like they are now. And nine years—that's a long time to wait in between movies.
0: And I gotta say, the first Sin City—I mean, like, I didn't know anything about it. I just happened to like—I was—I was scrolling through this trailer website I used to go to when I was in college. And I saw a movie labeled Sin City, and I was like, hey, Sin right. City, well, going to a- check that out. And the first Sin City kind of spread through word of mouth. I mean, people were, like, passing along saying, hey, it's a really good movie. You should go see it.
1: Well, and also the other thing is when the first Sin City came out is you had never see- – well, you had never seen a movie, like, on such an up- epic scale like that, especially with the cinematography. I mean, cinematography in Sin City is just amazing with – the contrast between black and white and the use of color here and there it's it's fantastic but now since sin city has been out is other movies have started to duplicate that and they've improved on that and then you come back you know 9 years later and you try to recreate the first one well it's not new it's not new anymore it's old news as i've seen this you know several times to tell you how much this has
0: been copied I've seen a public service announcement about drunk driving done in the artistic noir style of Sin City.
1: I know. That's what I'm talking about is 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 now it's just con, is is it's convoluted is we're you see it everywhere. So I think they were trying to still rely on the success and the look and the feel of the first movie when you can't do that because like you just said, it's it, it's
0: it's in <laughs> PSAs. How much how much money did you say Sin City made? Which one? Sin City two.
1: Opening weekend opening weekend. Six point five million. The first one made twenty nine point one million opening weekend.
0: Yeah, let's just let's just put this in perspective. Sin City's budget is between sixty and seventy million dollars, which is still kind of low on the on the low end for for film like that because Robert Rodriguez knows how to squeeze every penny out of a well, budget, and then
1: also is uh, is is Joe who is on the editing bay, and he and I do afternoon delight and the quest together. He went and saw it opening weekend, and he you know he was also very disappointed in the film, and he also brought up a point of like this is Robert Rodriguez tapping a dry well, is it's this it, you know, and I kind of see what he's saying is Robert Rodriguez a lot of his films have the same feeling and have the same tone and the same beats and it's kind of like dude like yeah you're a great director and when you first came on the scene you you revolutionized so much shit especially for indie filmmakers but the problem is is you never evolved from that you're still trying to do that you know you're still you're still trying to make machete like your first film you know i'm I, I see the look on your face and you, and I can tell that like you're conflicted because you want to disagree and I know why you want to disagree. I is, love
0: Robert Rodriguez. And, and I do too. And I, I do. I watched Machete too, and even I thought it was a little. Mm. But but I
1: mean like I was so excited to see Machete. You know like Machete kills the second the sequel to Machete is on Netflix. I watched it. I st- I started it and I turned it off and I ha- and it's still on my queue. But like I really don't he have still a driving
0: makes awesome movies. I mean like that underrated Grindhouse bit he did with uh Tarantino I loved the planet. I love Planet Terror. Yeah, Planet Terror was
1: definitely the stronger film between Death Proof and Planet Terror. Planet Terror was way and better. I
0: like the first in City and I have no problem with his El Mariachi trilogy. I thought all three of them were really okay, good okay. movies.
1: Right, but but here's the thing though is you look at his El Mariachi trilogy, those were his first ones. That's what I mean is he set the standard there and then Evolved a little bit, he kinda, but then with but Spy now Kids, he's,
0: he, he started experimenting a little bit,
1: right? But also, it's like with a movie like Spy Kids, is I think that's more of him just being like, I want to check. You may like, not
0: know this, but he directed the faculty.
1: No, no I did know that, and I, I thought did. that was a pretty cool
0: little alien film that right, doesn't but, get enough attention. But
1: once again, that was his early shit,
0: yeah, you're right, because he, he did, he did like El Mariachi. He, Desperado, Desperado. which was a sequel, not, I think after that he did the faculty.
1: Is, 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 if if you look at uh, Desperado and El Mariachi, it's kind of like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. It's kind of the same film, but they remade it because they, uh, the second time around, they got a production company behind them. You know, because Evil Dead, the first one, that was uh, Sam Ramus's, uh, college project
0: I mean granted even even I I'm Blu-ray I own Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness and I don't own Evil Dead 1 because I'd almost be buying the exact same exactly again.
1: exactly is, is Evil Dead 2 is a little bit more fast-paced but still my point is is it well, really elaborating on what Joe said is he's tapping a dry well well, And that also, I what, think, hurt, hurt Sin City, too.
0: I'll tell you, he's tapping a dry well after this just came on Netflix. He launched its own TV series, or Hemlock? TV network.
1: Oh, t- oh yeah, Trouble... Called, uh, no, Elray. It's L-ray, called
0: Elray Network. And uh, Netflix just got the rights to his From Dust Till Dawn TV series. Yeah, I just saw, actually... Season one is on there. I'm going to go check that out, and if that doesn't impress me, then I'll... Well, agree with you that he's tapping a drywall, but I still don't but but
1: also is is I don't know much about the uh, and I just saw that on my queue today. Is you've uh, never
0: seen From Dust Till Dawn?
1: No, no, this T V series.
0: It's it's just it's right, that. It's, right.
1: But but how much involvement? Like did he write it, did he direct it, or is he just leasing no, he the wrote character it, rights? He
0: directed it and imagine that the brothers never got that fucked up in the film because it, right. it focuses on the two brothers actually which kind of screws with the lineage because spoiler well, alert this film came out in 95 Yeah dude dude
1: we're way past
0: spoiler alert <laughs> Tar- for that. Tarantino becomes a vampire within like the first 45 minutes of that movie. Right.
1: And you know is 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 they're is they're doing the same thing that Firefly did with Serenity just in opposite order. Is instead of going from TV show to movie, they're going from movie to TV show. But you know Firefly did the same thing. Is is they is in the movie they rewrote some things. So uh f- for the sake of the movie, and just like that's what Do- From Dust Till Dawn is. But you have to know what was his involvement with that show. Is Did he direct it? Did he write it? Did he produce it? Or did he just say, like, okay, this is going to be on my network, and I'm going to give you the rights to use my characters, have free will. So you also have to look at that before you officially declare if he's tapping a dry well.
0: Now let me ask you this question. He was up to direct the uh, Deadpool movie with Ryan Riddles. Do you think he – like, he's not anymore, but – I got most excited when I was on the Fanboy websites, you know, and message boards, and there were rumors way back that Robert Rodriguez had, like, maybe penned a script, but he was definitely going to direct the Deadpool movie with Ryan Reynolds.
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. Because one thing that we're leaving out from this uh, Sin City 2 discussion is it wasn't just him. It's Frank Miller co-directed this movie with him.
0: Yeah, but when Frank Miller tried to branch out on his own one time doing directing with The Spirit, that flopped terribly, and he had an all-star cast backing... Right, that film he had uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Scarlett Johansson in that. Well, film.
1: also, the problem with the spirit is Sin City had just come out and it looked almost exactly the same, yeah. You know, is is well, also, the reason
0: Sin City's bombing hurts me is just because like I went out and I and like I read all the graphic novels like, uh, afterwards, did you really afterwards? And man, he does some amazing work in those graphic novels, so it kind of sucks to see, yeah, it.
1: he does. Well, and also, is from my understanding, is is Frank Miller also has the stories that he's written that aren't part of the graphic novel series. Yeah, these are kind of original standalone stories. Yeah, and that's what the movies are kind of continuations of the Sin City stories that aren't included in the graphic novels. But I don't know that for sure. That's just kind of what I have heard. So it's a disappointment that Sin City 2 isn't doing as well as it should be, but at the same time, it's kind of like... You you know you shot yourself in the foot, you know is you could.
0: waiting ten years.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that was the biggest fuck up on their part is is waiting so long in between films. Now, if you remember in the very first Kickass, the, when he goes into the movie theater, you see on the marquee Sin City Three, which led a lot of people to believe that it was going to be a trilogy. You think this? I mean. What what do we say the budget was for this one? Uh, 60, sixty to, to s- seventy million dollars, and it's so far uh, opening weekend six point five million.
0: And that doesn't That's, even include what you spent on advertising on TV, right? Billboards, right. That sixty to seventy buses. million
1: is just for production. So, sort certi- of this is a certified certified flop. But will do you think this will prevent them from making a third one?
0: No, I mean, like Kevin Smith, Robert Rodriguez knows how to, like, make movies on a budget. And obviously people like working with them because people keep coming back. Like, really famous people keep coming back to work
1: with them. But guess what? I'm head of the studio. I don't give a shit if your coworkers like you. Are you making my studio money? The answer to that with Sin City Two is absolutely not.
0: Well, see, that's 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 no problem for Robert Rodriguez because he has his own studio,
1: but he doesn't have the rights. Is you know, yeah, he has his own production company. I
0: guess yeah, the Weinstein Company would now hold the right to rights to Sin City, right? Because he produced it through them. So, but I know that Troublemaker has a stake in Sin City because you don't just see the Weinstein Company logo flash. Before the film, you also see Troublemaker Studio, which is his studio.
1: Right, which I think also is like, is, is, when you see the Troublemaker Studios uh, logo on screen, is really what you're, what they're saying is like, okay, these are the people that Rodriguez worked with. And, you know, I mean,
0: Rodriguez could always buy out the Weinstein stake in the Sin City franchise. I don't know, man. You would, you would
1: think Kevin Smith would try to be doing the same thing with his, with the, with the Clerks film. Yeah. But. You know, Weinstein's, I mean, they're, I mean, like, they have more money than Troublemaker Studios because Troublemaker Studios is Robert Rodriguez Films. And now he started his own network. That's taken a shit ton of money. I guarantee you that's taking a shit ton of money.
0: And I have no I, idea if he's if he's making or losing money. Exactly. On the, on the I I L- don't Ray network. I don't
1: either. It is like I I don't I don't see it advertised a lot. I, is when it first launched I saw only only
0: time only Time Warner carries it. Like AT and T doesn't have it or doesn't right
1: operate. right. That's because they have to like be like okay we're gonna carry it because then people will subscribe to this package that include it. So I don't know, man. Uh, Sin City 2 just. Just, just, not looking good. Uh, sticking with the comic book themes, let's move from comic book movies to the printed comic book world. Marvel recently has g- gotten a lot of good press. Is they've shown that they're they're evolving with the times, and a lot of people, what
0: they are evolving with the well, times. Well, like I Jeff. mean, because
1: because they. Who, who who was the gay couple that got married in the Marvel Universe? Oh, uh,
0: North Star got married to somebody in the Marvel Universe. Right. So, yeah, like, like two summers ago, Marvel had the first big gay marriage. Right. This summer, they announced that they're going to have a female Thor in the fall. Right. And a... African-American Captain America, because Captain America is going to put the shield down.
1: And now they're kind of getting some negative press due to the new Spider-Woman comic. Variant cover.
0: cover. Spider-Woman 1 variant cover.
1: Uh, Okay, so this is a variant cover, so it's not going to be the main release. But obviously, (sighs) I don't even read Spider-Man or Spider-Woman but I will pick up this variant cover because of all the press that's going on around it. It's gonna become a collector's issue. So um, if <laughs> On they... the cover it shows Spider Woman on all fours. You've seen that new Nicki Minaj music video for Anaconda when it starts off and she's like laying down on her elbows with her ass up in the air and she starts twerking. That is kind of what the cover of oh, yeah. this comic looks like.
0: It is like the artwork is accentuating her ass. It is stuck high in the air. And Marvel got a ton of backlash on Monday being like, listen, yeah. you took two steps forward and one giant fucking step back. <laughs> yeah. Like, how dare you sexualize women like this, especially in the cart, you know, covers of comics. You just, like, really hurt the women's movement because you made them look more like sexual objects than, Yeah, no, that, than superheroes.
1: When, when you show – first of all, her costume – like, you know how uh, now, like, the hot thing to do is, like, body painting? So, like, it looks like a uh, uh, model's wearing a bikini, but it's really airbrushed on there. Oh, yeah. That's what her costume looks yeah, like. Yeah, I
0: know. It is skin tight. It, I can... mean, it,
1: it looks like it is – like, if she was a real person, like, it was painted on her because – it, yeah, skin tight, and then just the position she's in, and like, dude, they drew that ass big, like, wow, like, what the fuck were they thinking? Now, once again, it is a variant cover, so
0: variant or not, this is still an overly the, the, sexualized the, woman on the right, cover. This
1: very comic book. surprising that Marvel was like, okay, we'll run with this one. You know, like, yes, this will be, this is approved for a variant, like. Very interesting that they went with this. I can't, I can't believe it. Um, who knows? Like it has, it hasn't been released yet, though, has it? Uh, not quite, but it is coming out. So, w- what I'm getting at is, there still time to yank it from uh, from the shelves and not even let it hit the hit the newsstands.
0: Here he goes. I got this off a of Huffington Post. Uh, Marvel did not respond to the Huffington Post request to a comment. But Tom Brev- Brevoort, wow. the Senior Vice president, president of Publishing for Marvel Comics said, I think that people who are upset about the cover have a point, at least in how the image relates to them. By that same token, Milo Manera, has been working as a cartoonist since 1969, and what he does hasn't materially changed in all that time. It's also a Manera piece, one less sexualized one, at least to my eye. Maybe others feel different but given that the character is covered head to toe and is crouched like in like Spider-Man in a pose, it's far less expletive to me than other Monera pieces I have seen. Because, um, yes, Spider-Man has struck the same pose several times where it's ass in the air, right. leaning forward, but he looks a little bit more like he's ready to spring into battle. Yeah. yeah. Now, granted, this gives me some insight. If the artist has been drawing this type of stuff since the 1960s, women were very highly sexualized back in this the 1960s in comics. It's and only recently that women have become less sexualized in comics so right. I mean from the artist perspective that's kind of what he grew up drawing well and also is, and I'm not and I'm not defending this cover by no any means. no no
1: no no uh but also and let's also not forget uh Stan Lee's uh stripperella with uh Pamela <laughs> Anderson. Anderson you know is luckily that died off really quickly but you know this is this isn't the first time that uh Marvel's kind of played around with women's sexuality it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens but you know, I definitely got to say is is I, I I want a copy. Is this is going to be a definitely I think a collector's item.
0: Well, when we go to uh, Duncanville Bookstore next, next week, next week, yeah. we are
1: going next week, right? Yes, because oh yeah, I forgot. That reminded me, dude. I'll I'll save it for afternoon releases. For oh shit, I forgot. But uh, yeah, so we get so uh, Brian, if you're listening and this comes out, save us a copy. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sticking with the comics, uh w- the world now knows what the most expensive comic in the world is and it's no surprise that it is Action Comics number 1 aka the first appearance of Superman. This past week, Action Comics number 1, the highest grade v- uh known copy of this 9.0, out-
0: 9
1: almost p- a 10. Almost a 10, 9.0 sold on eBay for a whopping $3.2 million. This
0: is part of the reason. I mean, this isn't the whole reason, but this is a good chunk of the reason why I'm collecting comic books. Why? Sorry, right, take that back. That is not a good chunk of the reason why I collect comics. It is a small part of the reason why I collect Yeah, comics. no. <sighs> I collect comics because they're fun, and I enjoy the right, stories like, and the artwork. But, I mean, a part of me thinks, hey... That Spider Woman variant that I'm gonna go pick up next Wednesday at Duncanville Bookstore. Thank yeah. you, Brian, for holding <laughs> it back for me. <laughs> is uh Maybe one day, you know, that could be worth some money.
1: It could be, but but what are your feelings on, you know, I know people who go go out to cons and the stores and they buy th- they'll buy an action figure or a comic with no intent of ever opening it or reading it and keeping it perfectly preserved and i mean i understand it i get i get the theory behind it but at the same time and this might be my inner child but at the same time i'm just th- thinking like this action figure was made to be played with this comic book was made to be read like why like oh no trust me
0: I've been staring at my Marv Sin City action figure, which says limited edition run Comic Con twenty five of three hundred. Oh, see, and I've been and I've been staring at my Deadpool action figure, and I'm just like, I want to take you guys out of the boxes and pose you. And and
1: you see, and I hate when they do that. Like, I get, I I get it. Like you, you say there, this is twenty five of three hundred. Now, one hundred percent is a collectibles item. But see, I saw that
0: same action figure in a comic book store this weekend without the Comic Con moniker on it, but it was almost the exact same figure.
1: But you see, but that—that's what it is—is is it's twenty-five of three hundred with that Comic Con moniker on it, oh. which I guess. But
0: I'm trying to justify to myself that 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 like the boxes kind of got damaged in transit because I packed them in my bag, you know. Oh, I
1: thought you sent it all through. Uh... No,
0: I sent my limited edition, only made in America, Vegeta in the mail, and I sent my limited edition, like Golden Bender, in the mail. But the Marv and the, and, the, and the Deadpool I packed up in my suitcase, and, like, both their boxes are a little bent in places. Right. And so I'm like, does this justify me opening it up and, like, ruining, like, the mint condition that it, it is in right now? Right. Could I get it autographed by Mickey Rourke and really make this thing go up? You know I mean? I, but. See, yes, I understand that struggle. And actually, one of the things that bugged me about Comic-Con was mm-hmm. that certain retailers, like, Hot Topic, I heard this. I mean, I can't. I can't verify it. But certain retailers like Hot Topic would send people into like the Funko line with like $1,000 and they would buy as many of one thing as they could so they could ship it back to their stores and sell it at a higher price.
1: That's illegal, isn't it? Like I understand selling it secondhand isn't because you paid for it and like secondhand I I understand it gets – like it, I said, this this, this, this wasn't ever verified,
0: but I heard rumors all over the column that of like pisses retailers so like going so to much. booths and buying out like entire sections of things. That
1: dude, that's why, like uh is I was listening to an episode of uh Nerd Poker, uh which is hosted by Brian Posehn and Jerry Duggan, the writers of, of Deadpool, and they were talking about their experience at the most recent Comic Con. And they were just like, it's bullshit. I fucking hate going there now. It's like, essentially, they they were like, we went there because Marvel was like, you guys got to go there and sign autographs. And then as soon as they were like, okay, you guys don't need to be here anymore, they jetted and left. And that's why like a lot of vendors are leaving is because of shit like this. And also because you have like shitty NBC shows that go there to advertise. I'm not saying Constantine, but I'm just like I'm thinking back to um, a Cleveland uh, episode, the Cleveland show. They did an episode at Comic Con, but it, it it's not the same. And I, I just and hearing a story like that pisses me off. Because
0: I mean, like after after day one, I didn't attempt to go to the Funko booth because the line was always so long. And there were so many people there, and honestly, the the line was cut off whenever I walked by for like two and a half hours. So eventually I just gave up on even trying to get something. And the other
1: thing that like a company like Funko needs to do is is they is like someone comes in and you know, they okay, you know, they're working with Hot Topic or whatever store, and they give them like a thousand dollars. Okay, go buy all the toys from Funko that you can. Is Funko should be like, no, man, like I'm not gonna sell you 20 copies of these golden benders. Is you're gonna get one, one per customer.
0: Well, luckily some booths rig it that way because I mean, good. Because like, I mean, like that's ju- the
1: only way you can stop this shit from happening in the future.
0: Because because when I was standing in line for two hours on day one, Johnny wanted me to get him a golden bender as well, and like I and they give you like a little magazine that gives you info of like all the booths around there and everything, and like I looked up the booth I was at, and it said golden bender limit one per customer, so you good. couldn't. I mean, I mean, I could I could get back in line for another two hours and go through. Eight, I
1: don't even agree with that. I like, eight or
0: nine times and get like another golden Bender no, if I wanted to. You, you
1: do it like they use like when when you ha- used to, before debit cards and you had to write a check and your check would bounce and then they take a Polaroid photo of you and be like, "Do not accept checks from this." <laughs> that's what they should do. Here's your golden bender photo. Do not sell another golden bender to this guy. Yeah, like you know, it sucks that that's where we are. Well,
0: also, because certain boosts like. Like, they're like, okay, we have a 5,000 product run of, like, let's say Superman posed right. in his action comics number one form of him punching up that car. We have a 5,000 run of this statue. So we're going to sell 300 on day one, like 400 on day two, and like 200 on day, you know, like certain boosts will only sell a certain amount each day and stagger it out over three days. It's just, or it's four just, days, you know?
1: It's just, you know, these are toys, these are comic books, they're meant to be played with, they're meant to be read. Now, I'm guilty, I'll admit I'm guilty, is like, I'll pick up an issue of a comic, I read it once, then I put it in a plastic sleeve, and then I put it on the shelf. Yeah, I'll go back and reread it, but like, you know, I still want to preserve it and and help it maintain, you know, its niceness and... But
0: sometimes comic book companies make you buy two copies. When the Human Torch died for the first time in comic books ever, Marvel shipped it in an already sealed up Mylar bag. Yeah, so I remember I hearing that. I remember hearing to that. To get to the comic, so what did That's I do? So
1: much fucking bullshit, man. I bought,
0: I bought two copies. I, yeah. one to keep in a perfect bag, and one, one to, to read. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I, re- I remember you telling me that story. That makes me so mad. But so, anyways, man, is you know, is is great. Action Comics sold for three point two million. But, I wish I had
0: an Action Comics. But,
1: but still, is is you know, is is getting back to our overall message of this is like. It takes away from the
0: purity of collecting right, and enjoying read it. Read it, enjoy play it, play with it.
1: That's that's what it's there for, you
0: know. Jeff, I may go take my Deadpool out of the box when I get home.
1: I mean, like, I don't. I mean, you might want to leave it in the box. <laughs> I, mean, I know.
0: Well, trust me. Like, I stare at him and I'm like, should I? Should not? I? You're so awesome. I don't know, man. I, oh my gosh. Hey, th- that, fun that, fact. That's Action your comics. Call. Back before Superman could fly. Really. Yeah, you know that whole thing of able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. The original creators didn't mean mean for him to fly; just meant for him him to be able to jump jump really high.
1: Well, would you look at that? We learned something new today about Superman. All right, this past weekend.
0: Jeff, in my eyes, officially earned his nerd card or geek card. Really? Yes.
1: So, okay. I know in recent episodes, I said I was really behind on Doctor Who. Well, with the release or the airing of season eight, I marathon watched the second half of season seven and got caught all up to date. So I am. Bam, up to date on Doctor Who, and I'm so happy, and I feel so stupid for waiting. I enjoyed that, like, just two days of work of just, like, nothing but Doctor Who. It was, like, the best two days of work Quick question.
0: What's up? Dan's a doctor. Did you cry, yes or no?
1: I I didn't, like... There were literally no tears running down my face, but I was definitely tearing up. Like, it was, like, definitely, like, like the end of Rudy. It's, It's, like... That's exactly. That's the best way I can describe it. Is at the end of Rudy when they lift him up on their shoulders and you're just like, oh, man, he did it, he did it. Like, <laughs> like that's how I felt like at, at the end of Honestly, the day of the we, doctor. That's, that's
0: when you like, damn you, dust ninjas for getting in my <laughs> eye. How dare you?
1: Now I will say like, so as as I've said, uh, you know, I don't have cable. Yes. And BBC America doesn't uh, stream full episodes. Like you know, like you can go to AMC. And you can type in your TV provider and the password yeah. and all that stuff. And then you can watch full episodes online. BBC America doesn't do that. So I spent a good 30 minutes searching throughout the web for somewhere to watch uh, Season 8, Episode 1. And I just couldn't find it anywhere. So I broke down and I was like, okay, I know Amazon has it. And I go on to Amazon and I'm in their instant video section and Season 8, Episode one's right there. And in the description, they're talking like about season pass, which is like you know you pay a flat rate, like because on Amazon with TV shows is you can uh, you can get uh, one episode at a time for like five bucks, or you can do a season pass where you pay ten dollars for the season pass or a certain amount for the season pass depending on the series.
0: It's usually like twenty bucks
1: for and, a season pass, and, it's and, like and a
0: buck an episode, right?
1: And then you and then each episode's at a reduced rate, so. I'm kind of reading all through it, and like I'm, you know, I'm. I had just gotten done watching the Christmas special uh, where the Doctor's in a town called Christmas, and so I was riding high on this Doctor Who like adrenaline rush. And so I'm just quickly reading all the shit on Amazon, and I was like, okay, ten dollars season pass. That's not a bad deal. Ten dollars, and then that'll make each episode a dollar, no problem. So I hit, I hit buy, and it was like, okay. You know, way to go! You just you just bought you know Doctor Who, and I was like, okay, great. Then I get the email of my receipt, and I go to look at the email. I was like, congratulations, you bought Episode One. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Ten? Well, eight dollars and some change, or yeah, yeah, eight dollars before tax because I got the HD version because I'm fucking classy like that. Ten, so uh, this is called ten dollars for Episode One.
0: Jeff, I'm so proud of you.
1: Kind of pissed off a little bit that I spent $10 on one fucking episode, (laughs) especially when we don't know how season one's going to play out, because as we're about to get into season eight, sorry, as season, because as we're about to get into season eight's taken a really different direction than the past seasons, Got a little bit peeved that I spent 10 bucks for one goddamn episode. But you know what? You're officially a
0: geek. You just spent way more money than you should on something nerdy. Yes,
1: yes, I sh- yes I did. I did. Welcome to the club. And, and and I gotta say, even though I'm pissed off that I spent that much for one damn episode, I'm glad it was for Doctor Who and not like some other shitty show. Like I'm I'm happy that like okay, this money is gonna go back. And also. I'm like I'm really stretching here. I'm really stretching, but I'm also like trying to tell myself like, well, maybe this will send a message to BBC America that they should be, you know, doing what other cable uh, channels are doing, and that stream their shit on their on their website.
0: So, Jeff, what did you think of the new
1: Doctor? Um, at first, okay. So, uh, I mean, how, how do we start this? Okay so i mean i can tell you I,
0: my thoughts but i want to hear your thoughts okay
1: so so uh before we actually get into it uh spoilers so if you have not seen uh episode one of season eight uh you're not going to want to listen to this conversation because we're doing a null holds bar conversation about about the episode so there will be spoilers uh theories of what is coming up in this season so uh You've been warned, so don't bitch at us if you if, if if this ruins anything for the series for you. So season eight opens up with... Madame so
0: Vestra, Jenny Flint, and Strax.
1: Where do you have a list of their names? My article doesn't have a list of their names. <laughs> I
0: just did a quick Google search for Doctor Who Trio.
1: Oh, well, good for you. <laughs> uh, anyways... It, it, it opens up in back in London in 1860 something yeah around, around the Victorian era right and this is taking place right as right after the Christmas special where Matt Smith is is regenerating into the new into a new doctor and I gotta say first off I've never really been a fan of the regeneration episode I and,
0: liked Matt Smith's regeneration episode yeah th-
1: <laughs> It was so – first of all, like I love David Tennant as the doctor, and I was just like – I'm feeling when, when Matt Smith took over as the doctor, is, I'm feeling the exact same way I w- then as I am now, which is like I, was, I loved Tennant as the doctor, I, and I didn't want to see another doctor. And then Matt Smith took over, and now I love Matt Smith as the doctor, and I don't want to see another doctor. So that's where I'm at right now regeneration episodes have I felt have always kind of dragged for me am I boring you Sam I'm sorry I'm sorry you want to wake up you know (laughs) I'm sorry Sam Um, so I've never been a fan of these episodes because I've always felt that they were slower than the other episodes is I'm uh, I'm a really big fan of the faster pace episodes but so it opens up and uh, the doctor has just transformed from Matt Smith into uh, Peter uh, Capaldi Capaldi and when you first see Peter Capaldi as the doctor is he's trying to play the doctor how Matt Smith played the doctor.
0: Yeah, kind of all over the place. Right,
1: just like this, you know, oh, like off the wall and all that. And I'm a big fan of Peter uh, Capaldi. Like if you've ever seen the movie, if you haven't seen the movie In the Loop, it's on Amazon Prime and on Netflix and he's like he's the he's one of the main characters in it and he does a great job and like he's so amazing. It's about politics and like accidentally kind of starting a war, uh, and it's it's a funny. Is that funny the one
0: where he stands in front of the White House and does his long like cursing rant on a phone?
1: Yeah, like uses the word cunt so much in that movie. Which I, over in England, I guess like that's like us saying like you know damn or whatever. Like they use that word so much, and he uses that word so much in that movie, and but like he was really angry and intense in that movie. And then seeing him come, and and the first time you see him as the Doctor, he's trying to play this Matt Smith Doctor. I didn't really dig it. I didn't really dig it. Now, it didn't last long. Uh, We're kind of jumping around here, but you can definitely tell that Season 8 is going to be a very, very dark season.
0: See, for me, it started out, I felt the episode was slow and, 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 and discombobulated, but then like toward the end of the episode, I realized... The doctor was a little discombobulated after being, right. After being transformed, and uh, you're right. He he kind of does try to copy some of the energy of Matt Smith because at one point he jumps around talking to Madame Bester, and then he jumps right over to Strax, and then he jumps right over
1: to right. Jenny. And 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 now, given that was at the very beginning of the episode when he had just uh, uh, regenerated. You know, and then and then,
0: but the episode started picking up pace like about midway through, and it got faster. It, and it faster. did. It did. It after, really did. After after the T Rex died, which by the way, that's the big point, is that somehow somewhere a the, a Tyrannosaurus Rex swallowed the TARDIS while Peter Capaldi was in his regeneration form. Right. Right. And uh, a T Rex comes flying into the into the Thames River, and then spits out the TARDIS, and out pops Peter Capaldi. Yeah. With his new, com- well, with his with, with Clara.
1: Uh huh. Oh God! First of all, is 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 right here? I guess would be a good time. Uh, they're changing the the doctor. He's not English. Yeah, he's Scottish. He's and, Scottish and, now, and,
0: and and he even kind of makes a joke. He goes, "I'm Scottish. Okay, I'm Scottish. I can I can complain now."
1: Yeah, and and in that scene when he discovers that he's Scottish, and in fact, in this article I'm looking at is like there's a meme of him just like throwing up his hands, like I'm Scottish. Like it's so funny. In in that same scene, is he's looking in a mirror. And he's like, he's like, he's like, he, why did I choose? Is, is we learn so much in this one scene.
0: Yeah, because he goes, he goes. I've seen this face, face before. before. And, and why he, did I choose this face? Exactly.
1: So right there, it's you're, kind
0: of paying homage to the Pompeii episode. Right,
1: right. Is is because is he he is he is in the uh, Fires of Pompeii episode, which uh, was a tenant. It, it was it was that one season when Catherine Tate was the um, was the uh, uh, companion. It was during that season, I believe. It was the tenth Doctor, I believe. It was like season, uh, like six, seven, maybe somewhere around there. Anyway, so, so he he he's looking in the mirror, and he's he's like he's like what, you know? First of all, is you realize like okay, so the Doctors can choose what they look like because before before it always kind of made it seem like. It was just random, like you know, they well, didn't know what. I don't what think
0: they... he kind of chose. I think, but like, he
1: says, like, why did I choose this face?
0: I think it kind of matches his personality. I, I think like the way the doctor feels, you know, so if like the doctor's kind, of, well, I'll take that back because David Tennant wasn't necessarily happy to die, you know. But David, no, Tennant that's was why a... I hated
1: his re- his his. But his David departure. Tennant was a very
0: happy, energetic doctor. So when well, he regenerated, and... you got a very. But then again, that still that. So the, this line of logic that I'm following doesn't make any sense because Christopher Eccleston was a very kind of heavy, serious right, doctor right. and out popped well, well, and, David and, Tennant from him.
1: Well, and, and, and the, in the in the day of the doctor is you kind of realize like, you know, is uh, John Hurt, who was playing like the original doctor that, uh, that was on Gallifrey, is in that episode, you kind of learn like Tennant, his doctor was the doctor that regretted, regretted blowing up Gallif- Gallifrey and and that's why he was trying to be so upbeat and all that. And then you have Matt Smith who was also trying to be upbeat but he was just trying to forget. And yeah. he and he was trying to ignore and put that completely behind him. And so you know, you're starting to see you're starting to learn more of these motives behind the personality of the doctors of all these different doctors and like I said is is this one you can definitely tell it's it's going to be darker. And you know, first of all, is is let's, let's let's address the age. Is you know, David Tennant, Matt Smith, uh, younger guys, you know, basically l- handsome-looking dudes. Peter Capaldi. Uh, Capaldi. Capaldi, on the other hand, he he's older, gray hair, wrinkles My man's on his got face. Got some age lines. And and, and and he and he's even talking about that. In, in the episode, he's like, I have these wrinkles, and my my uh, hair is gray, and like all this shit, and you know, and that's when he says, "Why did I choose this face?" And and um, the lizard lady and uh, Clara are having
0: Madame Bastra.
1: Madame Bastra and Clara are having a conversation after they've he- heard the doctor saying, like you know, like he chose this face, and. The madam is sitting there saying, you know, like, well, he, Clara, he trusts you. That's why he chose to to do this face. Is because he's showing himself more. Is this is more him? Is you know because he's kind of getting older. You know, is 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 that 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 that's been a real big theme recently. With the doctors, the starting with the name of the doctor through the day of the so doctor, The doctor
0: kind of coming to grips with who he is and what right, he's right done.
1: is 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 I think I think in the day of the doctor, the time of the doctor, and the name of the doctor in those three episodes, they talk about his age more than I've ever heard them talk about in past seasons. Is is you really get a sense of how old the doctor is, and th- I think that's what they're trying. And that's out of that conversation between the two of them. That's what I got is that the doctor is now trying to be more comfortable with himself and with his age and not be running from it. I
0: would say the part that, made, that gave me the most hope for Peter Capaldi in the episode is at the end, and by the way, super big spoiler, uber big spoiler, turn off now if you haven't seen the episode, is when Matt Smith calls Clara yeah. and he says, look at that man there, he is scared help him. Right. And you see kind of Peter Capaldi and, he can, and he's kind of sitting there and he's kind of looking, he looks a little sad and right, a little haggard looking and you realize that yes, Claire does need to be there for him to comfort him because yes, this is a whole new experience for and, him and he's terrified of it.
1: And it really pisses me off that they have written it like that and then like before this episode even aired, we're hearing rumors that she's done. That pisses me off because they're Building that, like she could be the ultimate companion, you
0: know. She's the, got six months to make the doctor feel at ease before she goes.
1: Exactly, and I don't like that. I don't like that because because with the because with this thing,
0: you could th- get a whole new like I like a really awesome Rose or a, a really awesome like next like Amelia Pond. You know.
1: All right, now you're speaking better. <laughs> um,
0: oh, we're not getting into this debate.
1: <laughs> no, we're not. Th- the other thing that I was reading this on the Huffington Post, and I thought it was really true, or you know, I, I thought it was a good point, and that is in in this in this episode one, Clara kind of represents the audience. Is we have this new doctor, and
0: and she even says at one point, "I
1: don't trust you." Right. Well, and but but really, what what they're doing is is they're testing, is they're it's as Clara is being tested with her loyalty to the doctor. And we, as the audience, are being tested with our loyalty to the doctor. Can
0: you handle an older doctor
1: and a much darker uh, uh, doctor? Because also at the end of the episode, there is a big kind of mystery. Is is if you know anything about Doctor Who, is you know one his biggest thing is 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 you you don't kill. Is you respect all life. Oh yeah. And at the end of the episode. You know, I'm not going to go into great too much detail, but at the end of the episode, you're kind of left questioning like there was a death. Was it because the doctor killed this character or was it because this character killed themselves?
0: By the way, can't wait to see River Song duke it out with the new lady.
1: Right. And so after this character is either either kills themselves or is ki- or is murdered, essentially I mean that's what it is. If if the doctor did kill him, it, it's murder. I, I, and He and, wakes up in
0: this garden, and this woman... And
1: she's like, welcome to paradise. Who
0: is not River Song, says, I hope my boyfriend didn't shove yeah. you out of the TARDIS. And you sit there, and you have a what-the-fuck look on your face, because you're like, wait a minute. The only person the doctor is hitched to is River Song, so
1: who is and, this... And? And? Oh, and Marilyn Monroe. And, well, I didn't know that one. I was thinking of Queen Elizabeth I. Oh, and Queen Elizabeth I. first. yeah.
0: Yeah, sorry. There's this Matt Smith Christmas episode that I've never saw before that I saw, where he ends up accidentally marrying, marrying Marilyn Monroe.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that one. Wow. Yeah. Wait, but, really? That's a Christmas. Yeah. Huh. It all it
0: all ties in. Trust oh, me. Oh
1: yeah. No, that was like, was that the one like when he comes to America? No. Oh, okay. I thought it was around there. Okay. But sorry, yeah, go so yeah. So.
0: But so I mean yeah, and so this robot who got either pushed out of the TARDIS or jumped out of the TARDIS and was impaled wakes up in this paradise looking garden and says and the woman says yeah I hope my boyfriend right. and you're like wait a minute who the hell are you and but also this this links back to a previous part in the episode where both Clara and the doctor read this advertisement for the impossible girl in the paper and they realize neither one of them placed that ad at the end but they say who's this mysterious woman or person who did this who's right. trying to keep us together you
1: is you're led to believe is if, if this is going back to the first the first actual Episode, not the Christmas special, but the first episode after that, where Clara is introduced as the companion with Matt Smith, where she gets sucked into the internet, is you know is at, at the end of of uh, of the of of the episode one of season eight, is you're led to believe that you know it, it, oh wait wait hold on. in that episode where you first see Clara as the companion and she calls the doctor's box in the bells of uh, of Saint John is the doctor asks, like, how did you get this number? And she says, the woman at the computer store gave me the number and said it was customer service. And then at the end of Deep Breath, season eight, episode one, um, you're led to believe, you know, the doctor and Clara find out that neither one of them placed the ad in the newspaper. You're kind of led to believe that it is the same woman that gave Clara the uh, the number to call the doctor for help with the internet. So there is a woman out there that is trying to make sure that the Doctor and Clara stay together, and that's kind of I think kind of what the storyline of of the first half of season eight is going to be. The other great thing about about this is is you know as we were just we were just talking about how did the Doctor push this character out of a balloon and kill him or did the character jump? Is this is also r- really showing that. The doctor's morals in this new season are going to be ambiguous.
0: Well, it also kind of shows that he's not afraid to kill to protect humanity. But we
1: don't know if he killed. Or yeah, not. well, it, it we leads don't you to
0: believe that he may not be afraid to kill to protect right, humanity.
1: right. Which you know, I, I you know, it, it's going to be an interesting season. Could you handle
0: a Doctor Who killed? Because or did he kind of cross the whole line that Batman, Superman, and, uh, and other heroes like this cannot cross?
1: I. Uh, I don't know because, you know, last week we were talking about that new Batman issue where we think, like, Batman finally might pick up a gun.
0: Yeah.
1: It is, I when you have a character like Batman or the Doctor or Superman who vows, like, not to kill, there's always a breaking point.
0: Well, no, but his name is the Doctor, for crying out loud. Right. He shows a – and, and yeah, yeah. But then again, the – John Hurt's doctor killed a lot of people. Right, but he had no problem okay, killing people. Okay, but
1: but but what we learned in Day of the Doctor is John Hurt as the doctor on Galfrey kills all those people and then because he he destroyed Galfrey killing all the Time Lords and all the Daleks is you learn like that's why he chose the name doctor so he wouldn't kill again because a doctor is someone that helps people and you learn that only after this m- bad thing that he did is the reason why he chose the name the Doctor. So, I personally, I wouldn't give a shit. I mean, Doctor wants to start dropping people. That's fine. The problem with that is, is that can create lazy writing. Is because before the Doctor had to be clever and had to find ways and uh, to, had ta- to use words. How to, exactly how to use words to get himself out of certain situations. If the Doctor starts killing people, then it just turns into an action show of like. All right, we're gonna run into this motherfucker, and we're just gonna mow down everyone, and then call it a day. And that's not what the doctor is about.
0: Sorry, I just pictured Doctor as Rambo. Yeah, that's that's like kind of what I was picturing in my like, head. Big ass like submachine guns are going pop, pop, pop.
1: Yeah, bop, just bop. like turns his sonic screwdriver into like you know this m- mass uh, weapon. So a doctor that kills, it can go two ways. Yeah, it can create lazy story writing you know, but also is it can create some great character development because he has had this code of not killing for so long and now he's conflicted. And so now like maybe he does kill because there have been times in the past. I I believe where like the doctor has tried to save someone's life and in return that results in someone else's death and he feels terrible about it, but he hasn't come out and been like, you know, like Sarah Connell, bam, you know, he hasn't done shit like that. So if he starts going like that, is it will be interesting to see how they approach it. You know, It, it makes me worrisome, but at the same time, I wouldn't say, like, no, don't do that. I would say, like, if you're going to do it, do it carefully, tread lightly, you know, and, 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 and don't let it spiral out of control. You know, I, his still main weapon should be his words and be his logic. His wit exactly that's the you know because that's what the doctor is so i i i i don't know really how to answer or like say like if i would like a doctor that kills what about you uh
0: i agree i agree with you doctors should rely on words and wit before violence above all if you want to bring if you want somebody to come back in there and start kicking ass and killing people bring back river song bring back jack jack harkness
1: uh those people. Could, I, I don't. Could, could I don't kill. know. I don't know if Jack Hartness will be back. And, well, and,
0: he's got a pretty successful stint on Arrow. Yeah. Right well, and
1: also I think this far into the storyline, I think he's starting to evolve. And uh, spoiler here, uh, starting to evolve into to the, the face of Bow. Be, yeah. Uh, but I. De- I. I'm, I'm I am like ninety nine point nine nine percent sure River Songs will be back in this. Oh season. yeah. Is, uh, is, is, I'm, I'm willing to bet the, almost bet the farm on that. But
0: I'm excited for Peter Capaldi. First episode, yeah. a
1: little wibbly
0: wobbly. Yeah. But, uh, I, but s- grounds, I think it's going to be good.
1: I, I, th- I think we'll need to see episodes two and three before finally making a final judgment. Oh, yeah. But I don't want to spend $10 on each goddamn episode. So, We'll see how uh, how this is gonna play out with uh, with me watching the episodes. Hopefully, I'll get cable in enough time and be able to catch a Doctor Who marathon one day and just save money. All right. Let's tell you what's coming out on DVD and comics and in theaters. Uh, DVDs this week, not a whole hell of a lot coming out that I would call at least um, worthy of anything. First up, uh, Legends of Oz: Dorothy's uh, Return is out. This is a uh, CGI movie about Dorothy returning to Oz. This takes place after you know she, the original film. The, she returns home. You know, the lion gets his courage. Uh, Tin Man gets his heart and Scarecrow gets his brains. This is, takes place after that and they return to Oz to, I guess, help save it and they introduce new characters. It's not uh, looking so good. Also coming out on DVD, <sighs> Jesus. Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore team up again for goddamn rom-com and... Uh, uh, Are you saying
0: they should have stopped with The Wedding Singer?
1: No, I'm saying yes. I forgot about The Wedding Singer because that was a good movie. I was thinking Fifty First First Dates. Uh, the, uh, Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, Blended is out on DVD. This is where um, uh, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, they're both single parents and they go on a blind date and then somehow they end up on a family vacation together with all their kids and love ensues once again not that good at least from what i've looking at it now this one sounds really interesting uh this final one that's coming out on dvd tomorrow or today if you're listening to this on tuesday uh this movie called the double this stars jesse eisenberg and jesse eisenberg he plays a he plays dual characters he plays one character called james simon and then another character called simon james if you ever saw the Zach Galifianakis film uh Vision- Visioneers, yeah, Visioneers, is it has that kind of feel to it like with the set pieces is so essentially Jesse Eisenberg plays this one character named James Simon who works at his office and is a timid guy, keeps to himself, you know, just doesn't really do much and then he plays this other character Simon James who comes to work at his same place and except for is the exact opposite of James. So you know, Simon is outgoing and is great with the ladies. and then uh, Simon and James get to get like you know you know, James is sitting there like he stole my face and like he's the same guy and no one else sees it because everyone likes Simon better. It's uh, it's labeled as a comedy. I'm imagining this is gonna be a very dark comedy but still looks really good and is rating really high on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. So those are the uh, – and then this movie called uh, – I think it's Bella. Yeah, Bella, an inspiring true story of uh, of Dido Elizabeth Bella, the illegitimate mixed-race daughter of someone famous from history. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't really look into that one. I was just trying to throw that in for more content at the last minute, and I probably shouldn't have. Sam, uh, what's coming out uh, in comic books? All right.
0: Marvel, we got one month left until Wolverine is dead. No more. Gone. Shuffled loose his immortal coil.
1: Okay. I've been seeing this advertised so much in Marvel Comics. It's a big deal. I mean, it is a huge deal. Like, but is this going to be like su- the death of Superman?
0: Probably not. Death of, I mean, that Superman was like the first like really big, significant death of a superhero. But
1: didn't he come back?
0: Yeah, he came back later in his really awesome story arc.
1: W- and that's what I'm saying. Is so is this going to be like, Wolverine's dead. No. And then like two or three months later, guess what? Marvel needs the revenue, so more Wolverine comics.
0: Wolverine 12 is a double-size series finale. Looks like Sabretooth is ready for his final showdown, which is pretty good to pick Sabretooth for it to happen with because it's a strange, crazy, psychotic brother. Mm-hmm. Sabretooth is ready for his final showdown with Logan. He sure picked a meaningful venue. Didn't we just see a fight in a shopping mall that seriously scared Logan? Oh, right. That's whole messing with Wolverine thing. So it's going to be Sabretooth, Wolverine. Wolverine's got one month to go. His greatest, deadliest foe to be like a the Joker killed Batman. You know, this is it. End all, be all, winner takes all. Well, you know how it's going to end. Maybe Sabretooth's finally going to get the idea that maybe if you punch Wolverine enough, it's not going to work. You have to cut off his head and sever his brainstem, although that doesn't work for Deadpool. No. He gets beheaded
1: all the time. Well, Deadpool's regeneration uh, factor is is faster.
0: Derived from Logan's, but definitely better.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: one month, folks, until James Howlett, for all you hardcore fans out there, or Logan as most of you know him as, dies all right next up we have original sin Thor the tenth realm thanks to the events of original sin the deepest secret of the nine realms is revealed a tenth realm Thor and Loki embark on a quest to discover this strange new world and the sister Thor never knew he had Angela or Angela.
1: This has got to be setting up for the female Thor. Release. Oh, yeah,
0: probably, probably Angela is probably uh, going to take the hammer.
1: And, and, you know, Thor is another one that I don't read. And so I had no idea that Thor and Loki, like, were able to come to an agreement and now are, like, buddying up.
0: But can Loki be trusted?
1: Oh, well, there you go. Shit. And will brother and sister murder each other before the truth
0: comes out? Honestly, this sounds like a soap opera. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> We've discovered the 10th realm and you and, have a hidden sister.
1: And from what you just read, it sounds like Thor and sister Thor are going to be fighting each other. Because they don't know their brother and sister Right. Yet. And and then they're going to be like, oh, shit, we're related? Okay. And then Loki's going to be like, oh, man, like I'm just adopted. Do you, do you think the
0: Marvel writers were sitting around the room one day just watching Days of Our Lives go, <laughs> scribbling as fast as they am going, this is great shit? <laughs> yeah. We can we can use this in comic that, books. That's
1: exactly it. One of them got sick and stayed home and just like watched daytime television on a marathon. <laughs> All
0: right. Moving over to the DC comic side, we have Batman Beyond Universe number 13. And the reason this one caught my eye is because Jeff, when we were eight or nine, there was a little animated film starring Kevin Conroy called, came out that was called Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Did you ever watch that? Uh uh-uh. uh. It was the lie, it wasn't It was the like straight hit theaters Batman the animated series movie that came out to a company like the TV series that Kevin okay. Conroy did.
1: I still didn't watch it. Oh,
0: gosh. All right. Well, start of a brand new storyline and answers to the big questions of what really happened between Bruce Wayne and Terry McGinnis start to be revealed. Plus, the phantasm returns. The phantasm in the movie was a really dark villain who could almost match Batman blow for blow really beat the shit out of him at some point. Also, I'm kind of curious about the Bruce Wayne and Terry McGinnis storyline, because in the Beyond universe, it is Terry McGinnis who takes over for Batman, who has like, in his 70s, walks on a cane and has ailing heart problems. So, if there's something causing strife in their relationship that causes Terry to break away from Bruce and become his own Batman, I would be very curious to find out what those problems were. And also, who's taking up the mantle of the phantasm? Because in the movie, it was Bruce's ex-fiancee who was the daughter of a mob boss who got killed by the Joker. Okay, I'm going to have to take your word for that. So I want to know who's taking it back up this dark and scary mantle and who is judging Gotham citizens on whether or not they should die or live. I don't know. And finally we have Aquaman number 34. I always throw in (laughs) Aquaman just because I know Jeff. You can't stand the guy. I think he's awesome. The ruthless Chimera have arrived to destroy Aquaman, and Arthur may not be powerful enough to stop him. But with Atlantis in turmoil, does he have any allies left to save him? Basically, Atlantis is like, who should rule us? Who should not rule us? Should Aquaman be our king? Should we find a king who's less surface dwelling? Should we trust a queen who's not that reliable in the character department? You know, not strong world character? And then basically one of his greatest foes shows up on his doorstep and arches like, oh, boy, Atlantean army, (laughs) ho! And nobody shows up. (laughs) So, curious. If you're an Aquaman fan like I am, you'll check out Aquaman 34. All right. Now, scooting on over to the box office, Jeff, what should I be spending my hard-earned dollars that I don't have on this weekend?
1: Uh, Well, there are two. I, I Actually, I got four for you this week. Uh, first up, it, doesn't, it, it might be all right. I don't know. No, 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 no. Is uh, the, the November Man starring Pierce Brosnan. Uh, he plays, in, first of all, he's British and he's an ex-CIA agent in this film. Mm-mm. I like to believe that CIA does not outsource and everyone working there is American. (laughs) All right, all right. I'm sorry, but like, okay. So, anyways, um, uh, Pierce Brosnan is an ex-CIA agent. Like, he was like the shit, like the most badass hitman that the CIA had. So kind
0: of stepping back into the James Bond shoes,
1: he kind of kind of, but like apparently like way more violent. And he's in retirement now. And guess what happens?
0: He gets called out of retirement for one more mission.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so what happens is he gets, he gets called out of retirement.
0: (laughs) No, I'm sorry. This picture, come on, you lousy Brit. Uncle Sam needs you for one more, even though you're British.
1: Right. So he's pulled out of retirement to protect, uh, to get this one uh, witness and protect her. And, As you as you find out is like the reason why they called him out of uh, to protect this woman is so they could make him this target because they're painting the woman that he's protecting as like, you know, like she needs to be eliminated and he's protecting her. So his best protege is on the case to kill uh, kill him. And they duke it out, and it's just kind of like, you know, an action movie. I don't know, man. It doesn't look that good. Uh, Also coming out this week is – I'm actually happy uh, that this is an R-rated one because you see a lot of horror movies that look good, and then you're like, oh, it's (laughs) PG-13.
0: This title cracks me up, and I don't know why.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so there is a movie coming out this Friday called As Above, So Below.
0: As we do above, so you do below.
1: This is a found footage horror film, and what it's about, it's about a group of kids. Or, I mean, I say kids, but like you know, they're adult. Or, it's college, a
0: bunch of young twenty somethings,
1: right? Right, who are in Paris and who go into the catacombs of Paris, filming like a documentary, I guess you could say, of, of the of catacombs. The historic
0: catacombs, where... right?
1: And so, once they get deep inside the catacombs, the catacombs has a supernatural power that digs deep inside at the every person and then starts playing out their deepest fears and their deepest regrets. And so it's a psychological horror thriller. It, I mean, it, it looks kind of interesting. Um, you know, if you're into that type of stuff, it, it, you you might dig it. But I also think you might be able to skip it. It's not even reviewed. All right, now here... This one, it I, I watched the I, I watched the trailer two or three times, and I wa- and I read the review two or three times, and I still have no idea what the fuck is going on in this movie, but it looks amazing. It's called The Congress, and it stars uh, Robin Wright and Harvey Keitel. I don't even know how to describe this movie, so I'm just gonna read the description from, uh, from uh, uh Rot- I... Rotten Tomatoes. Is okay. So, more than two decades after ca- uh, catapulting to stardom with *The Princess Bride*, an aging actress, Robin Wright, playing a version of herself, decides to take her final job preserving her. Uh, decides to take her final job preserving her digital likeness for a future Hollywood through a deal brokered by her longtime agent, played by uh, Harvey Keitel, and the head of. Uh, <laughs> you can tell what studio they're going after. Miramount, (laughs) gee. Wow.
0: Gee. Uh, Well, actually, the Weinstein's no longer own it. Disney owns Miramax.
1: (laughs) I was going with Paramount. Oh, Paramount. So it might be a cross between Paramount and and Miramax. Uh, But so uh, Harvey Keitel, her longtime manager, heads a deal with Miramount Studios uh, that will completely control her digital likeness and her alias and will star in any film they want with no restrictions. In return, she receives uh, a healthy compensation so she can care for her ailing son, and her digitalized character will stay forever young. Twenty years later, under the creative vision of the studio's head animator, played by John Hamm, Wright's digital double rises to immortal stardom. With her contract expiring, she is invited to take part in the, quote, Congress convention as she makes her comeback straight into the world of future fantasy cinema. This film is being done by Draft House, which is obviously Alamo Draft House if you know the theaters. This is their film. It's a cross between live action and animated storylines. The preview looks amazing. I am not doing it justice, but it looks amazing and I would I from looking at the preview, I would recommend it. Finally, uh, this one, I think, is going to be a limited release. It is a foreign film, but it looks amazing. Is The name of the film is Startup. I'm not even going to, uh, you know, Jack O'Connell is the big character, is the big actor in this. He's a British actor, and this is an all, it looks like an all British cast. What it is, is Jack, the actor, the, the, what do you think? What looking? a ripoff. What?
0: This is a ripoff of a boy named Sue. You sure? No, it has a lot of the same elements of that song.
1: Okay. Well, it's written by a prison uh, therapist uh, and it's kind of based on a true story. Is so Well, shit. What so, do I know? So a uh, uh, 19-year-old Eric is sent to prison and because he's ultra violent, so he moves from um from what 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 are the youth prisons, uh detention centers uh juvie. Juvie, there it is. He's sent from juvie to adult prison because he's so violent and there he meets his estranged dad like you know and he just he's getting in a shit ton of fights and he's making enemies with both the prison guards and fellow inmates and he doesn't know if his dad's there to actually help him or if his dad's there to actually hurt him it's this film is written by An actual uh, prison therapist, and the reason why it's called "Startup" is because this guy, this this uh, Eric, this nineteen-year-old kid named Eric in the film, is just like on a rampage of like beating the shit out of everyone, and then he's uh, he uh, is approached by a, a psychotherapist who runs an anger management group for the prison, and now he's between gang, he's torn between gang politics and prison corruption, and a glimmer of, you know, a better life. So he has this struggle of, like, do I continue to be this badass and, like, you know, basically rule this prison with my violence, or do I start going down the, 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 uh, the path of righteousness? It looks amazing. It looks, I mean, watch this. I'm going to post this trailer to our Facebook page and watch it. It, it looks so fucking good. And I think it's going to be a limited release because, like I said, it is a foreign film. So most likely you're going to have to go to your in- local independent theater to see it. But I would I, I, just base off of I'm not doing the movie justice with my little uh, summary of it. But read read a summary of it. Watch the trailer. And you I think you'll be on board with it, too. That's all that I got for coming out in theaters this week. Sam, I know I, I, I got something for Oh Shit I Forgot. Do you have anything?
0: Uh, this is not an Oh Shit I Forgot, but just a little fun thing. If, uh, if you like me, you're a big Simpsons fan. Jeff, I know you are. Right. FXX is currently running a 12-day consecutive marathon of The Simpsons, back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Back yeah, to they, back need to to back. to, they
1: need to do something like nonstop, just one episode after another.
0: Well, FXX is right in the middle of the I have to say, FXX, right in the middle of the 552 episode marathon. Yeah, they need to do something to boost ratings. And it's reportedly pulling in huge ratings by many fans. I just yanked the story off of uh, Huffington. Yeah, no. But rather than airing the episodes in their original standard four to three aspect they're ratio, not. they're being shown in the sixteen to nine for HD television. The problem is the Simpsons didn't switch that format until two thousand nine. Right. So many of the episodes are being cropped, zoomed, and stretched. Right. Like resulting in notable, noticeable differences from the original episode. Right.
1: Is like I saw an article that was like uh f- fxx like kills the punchline because th- they're stretching it so like the the picture that i saw is like homer is driving up to like a backwoods country like general store and the joke is written on the store's uh marquee and you can't see it because of now that they're cropping it is it gets cut off and so, like, I've just seen all these articles yeah, the example,
0: talking. the example on the Huffington Post webpage is that uh, on the 4.3, it shows Lisa walking up to Nelson's door, and it says, nuke the whales, bomb the Indians, and take their casinos. And now all you can see is nuke the whales and something Indians.
1: <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, for all people out there, no, you're not that stoned. It really is. There's something wrong <laughs> yeah. with your TV.
1: Uh, for my oh, should I forgot. is, Sam, I just want to kind of call you out, is you did something really cool for me, is... Uh, you know, we haven't been able to go comic book shopping recently. And, uh, you know, you, you, were, you, you were mentioning that you, were, uh, you and some friends were out one week and they wanted to go to a comic book shop and so you tagged along with them. And, and you were in there and you saw, uh, you saw some Deadpool issues that I was missing. And, and y- you picked them up for me. And so now I, uh, you know, I, dr- I stopped at uh, Deadpool 30 on the original Sin story arc. And now I have 31 and 32 thanks to you.
0: Funny, I just, you know, I knew it.
1: <laughs> It means a lot to me, man It's a very nice thing to do I, and, heard,
0: and, you. I heard you talking, man and, I heard you
1: And now I have something to read I so. listen
0: to you Now if I go only Like listen to my girlfriends Like I listen to you I wouldn't be single Oh, so. your girlfriends? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry Girlfriends <laughs> If I, I had I th- listened I, I thought you were playing like Yeah, I no. got so many you know, no. like, on board No uh, Okay
1: But it, it meant a lot And totally unexpected And, and uh, thank I you like, for that I
0: like, I like to give gifts to my friends Thank you for that
1: No problem, man uh, Don't expect anything in return
0: I don't You've already <laughs> You've already trust me. You've already given me a tremendous gift that I have yet to ever fully pay you back for.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna start charging interest on that too. <laughs> All right, Sam, let's go ahead and end this before we run it into the ground. <clears throat> All right, <clears throat> well, ditch. and we just ran it into the ground.
0: Ditch the herd, be a nerd, stay strong out there, my friends.